Our very own wild panther, Mark Geyer, released a biography back in 1994. Obviously, he must have had some help writing it. The guy can barely read. Now, 28 years later, a lot has happened since. And now, it's a podcast. Welcome to Rugby League Rebel, part two, the Mark Geyer story. Don't worry, MG, there's no writing involved this time. Here we are, Rugby League Rebel Part 2, the follow-on of the Mark Geyer story. MG, 27 years ago, you released (laughs) Rugby League Rebel, the book, and we are here 27 years later, ready to pick it up. Yeah, the irony is not lost on me with that. Uh, Half of my life ago, I uh, I put pen to paper, and here we are uh, 27 years later, as you say, Liam, uh, about to explore Rugby League Rebel Part 2, and looking forward to it. Lots to get through in this podcast series, but let's do a bit of housekeeping off the top, MG. A new episode of this podcast is going to drop every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Now, if you want to be the first one to hear it, you need the listener app. L-I-S-T-N-R. If you haven't already got it, go and download it. It's free to download. Uh, You will get this before anybody else if you've got the listener app. Now, if you want to be, you know, a reserve grader and just wait, you can get it on the Thursday but if you want to be a first grader, if you want to be, you know, in the best 17, go get the listener app so you can hear this every Wednesday. Is that, that's right, isn't it? Oh, of course it is, mate. Of course. You don't <laughs> want to be playing off the bench. You don't want to be in Reggie. You just want to be in first grade. You want to be with the big boys. Let's go. Let's get this going, baby. Uh, Everett, look, we've got so much to get through in this series. We talk about MG's time in Perth. We talk about his move into the media behemoth that he has become. Uh, and we also get members of his family and members from his time um, in, in football and in the media to join us. It's it's a fantastic series, but there really is only one way we can start this, MG, because 27, 28 years ago, someone came to you with the idea to do a book. Rugby League Rebel, the Mark Guy story with Daniel Lane. That's an important part, MG, because you'd lived the life, you'd created the stories on and off the field, but you needed help putting pen to paper as it was in those days, and actually getting these amazing stories and, and all your journey out of your head yeah. and onto the page. Um, how did you, Daniel Lane, how did you meet Dan? Did, did, did he come to you with the idea or did you think, I want to do a book? Well, Dan was a journo with the Rugby League Week, uh, I believe, at the time. And, he, and we're about to talk to Dan in a second. He can correct me if I'm wrong on all this because this was half a lifetime ago. So some of the, some of the little, you know, I, the uh, details. Sketchy. Yeah, the details are sketchy. But um, I think I was at Balmain and Dan came to me and said, you know, I want to write a book on you. This is how we'd like to play it out. So I would go down sometimes with me, sometimes with Meigs to his apartment. Um, and I've, I'm not sure where it was. I know it was down that way sometime, somewhere. Sit there for an hour or so and, and basically like this, we'd talk. And, and Dan would have the dictaphone on, ask me questions, and then he would write a couple of chapters um, and then flick, you know, he'd say, come and read him if you like. And I said, mate, I, I actually trusted him. I said, mate, how I, many, I, I, you said, I, how, I mate, how many pictures are there in this book? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, well, Ern, Ern McQuillan, the famous um, photographer and, and boxing trainer, take the front cover of it. It was, um, and I was severely hung over the day I took the front cover and I remember that. <laughs> I just I hadn't, I hadn't slept and I I woke up at Meg's I was on at Meg's house ready to go to bed and there was a knock on the door and it was Ern McQuillan this little shorts in stature man but full of power he said mate I'm ready to take your photo we we drove up to these hills and that's me on the front cover 
But uh, it is a great shot. And the man who is responsible for the idea of Rugby League Rebel, the book, joins us on the line. Daniel Lane. G'day, Daniel. G'day, gents. Good to, um, good to be talking to you about a, 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 what was a really significant moment for me because Mark's book was the f- first one that I wrote. And um, he did, does himself a bit of um, uh, injustice there because he was, he was a terrific person to work with uh, and also to check facts with. So... Um, yeah, it was one. It was a, a really memorable time for me, and, and a very enjoyable time as well. Dan, when did you realise that this is a bloke who needs a book that we could write a book about? Yeah, look. Um, so I interviewed Mark back in the late '80s when he started his um, Penrith career, and mm. even in the early interviews, he struck me as someone who didn't just talk for the sake of talking. He always had a good point, um, had good thoughts on the game, obviously had a reputation as being a bit of a hot-headed player and um, didn't mind attracting the occasional controversial headline. But um, I I thought, because it was at a time too when there was a rich vein of rugby league books being written, and it got to the stage in the early 90s where I thought Mark definitely, with all of the adventures he'd had rugby league-wise, was worthy of a book. And um, he definitely didn't let us down with that because he, he threw up some great material. Oh, didn't he? What? And this is, I mean, this is why we're picking this up because the book ends uh, at the end of or the halfway through the 94 se- season where he's, he still hasn't even embarked on this Super League journey. Uh, how did you find, uh, you said that he was great for fact-checking and the rest of it, but how did he come across to you as a, you know, this is a 26-year-old at the time, a 26-year-old with, as you say, a lot of adventures under his belt. How was it working with him? Uh, what I what I remember of Mark and uh, mate, I, I hope you don't blush, mate. But apart from being a young player full of aggression and talent and great skills, but when I spoke to him, I found that he was um, he revealed a lot of his character. And like I say, even though he was young, he um, you know he, he seemed to have a, a very good um, sense of justice. He um, he reasoned things very well and. Uh, there was a degree of sentimentality there as well, um, particularly when he spoke about his childhood growing up in Wayland and, and um, characters like Crazy, the, the guy across <laughs> the road who used to bash Mark. And, and uh, mate, I always remember the great story when you said one day Crazy had his father urging him on to hit you again and again. And when you ran home crying to your mother, she said, if you ever run away crying from a fight like that again... I'll really give you something to cry yeah. about. <laughs> it, it was one of the great stories, but Mark spoke with such warmth and um, passion about Wayland and uh, growing up in the western suburbs. And I grew up in a place called East Hills, which is in the southwest, and could relate to that because a lot of the stories he was telling was very similar to the ones that I lived uh, growing up. So, no, I found Mark, um, I always knew he was a good bloke from doing the stories for Rugby League Week, but when he allowed me to delve into his life, I just found he was a uh, you know, real heart and sleeve kind of bloke and someone you definitely want to be in the trenches with. It's, it's Dan, amazing, we, he, it's yeah, amazing look, hearing him talk like that, MG, because I met you late in my life and yep. all that still rings very true about you now, all those things from all those years ago. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've changed much at all as far as, you know, I, 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 <clears throat> the one thing I have changed is my temper. Um, I used to have a bad temper and I used to, you know, and, and when you get told that you're the main man in your rugby league team at, at 19 and you've got to be the enforcer by your coach, you kind of, you wear that badge on and off the field. And I used to do that. I used to, I didn't, there wasn't a switch for me that I could turn off. 
once I left the field, if I went to the club and I'm still the enforcer of my team at 19, when someone looks at me the wrong way and, and says something, I'm going to make sure he, he knows that I, I I heard him say it. A lot of people <laughs> just walk the other way and I'd say, what would you say, mate? What'd you say? Like, that's, that's, how, that's how it was. And that's how most fights would start. I, I'd hear someone say something about me and I'd say, what would you say? That would be the, the majority of how they would start. And, but Dan was but, Dan but, was sorry, such Mark, a... I don't mean to interrupt you on that, but that's a lot of young blokes as well. So yeah. I don't think it, that, that's just you um, unique. But then you say that, and, and that was the public persona you had. But then as a kid, you save up all your paperboy money to buy um, air conditioning <laughs> unit for your family because of yeah. the heat and, and the sweltering heat in the lounge room. So you may have had that um, persona as a footballer slash bloke, footballer off the field, but there's a lot of stuff in this book that shows that you were also a very decent guy too who um, loved his family and, and did a lot of good things as well. And I know we only judge people on what we see in public and, and that's not always a fair thing to do either. But in the book, I think you revealed a lot to, to counterbalance the, um, the other stuff as well. MG, talking about revelations, that's an interesting point because... When you agreed to do something like this, Dan, I think the assumption from you was, did you have a conversation with MG about the need for transparency with, with what he was giving you in, in terms of, you know, did you ask him to lay out everything on the table and be 100% open or were, did you know that he wasn't going to tell you everything? No, um, the thing with Mark is, um, you know, at that stage of his career and, and he's followed through in his media career as well, he spoke what he thought, what he believed. Um, he didn't shirk the truth. Um, and it was pretty much, well, you know, ask me what you want and I'll answer uh, and answer your questions. So it was really up to me to ask the questions. Um, and, yeah, I, I you know, and, and some of the things that we were talking about were highly personal. And he, he um, yeah, he, I, I was amazed by just how open and transparent he was about his life and, and, um, and his feelings on things. I remember Dan, and, and um, did we did we have to have sessions once a week at your house, and then sometimes yes. out at, out at Penrith, and we'd you'd sit down with a tape recorder, and then we'd we'd, we'd arrange somewhere to meet to go over what you'd written so far, and 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 then was that the process that we did it in? Because it was, as I said, twenty six years ago. So it's <laughs> it's yeah yeah, mate. I, I was living at Five Dock at the time. That's or, it, no, Five Dock. Dromoyne. Yes, I was at Dromoyne, Dromoyne. and. Um, like you would come down and um, I thought there was one time there where there was a threat. I think it was when you left Balmain and um, I thought the neighbours were going to be surrounded by cameramen at one stage there, but uh, <laughs> you agreed to meet them in a private, uh, in, a, in a park. But um, yeah, we would do that and that's exactly right. We would then go through the chapters and you would read it and, and you would suggest, or you'd suggest changes where they needed to be made. Um, but we see we had a very good working relationship, and uh, and I, I like to think that was because of the mutual trust that we had for each other. Yeah, that's a, it, mate. I, I I speak highly of Dan wherever I go, and um, the, a little bit of me was well, a lot a lot of me is in that book, and I know I didn't do it justice because we had um, books book signings and 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 you know TV appearances that I just couldn't do because I was. At this stage, to promote the book, I was basically playing for your minor, and I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not promoting promoting a book playing for your minor. Look, I look like a wanker, and it's, <laughs> and that's so I probably owed Dan a bit of money because of the book sales weren't quite. What we were. well, now you've opened up that path for me, mate. Uh, where do I send the invoice? Yes, yeah, but, just give me but, your big details, brother. I'll call. <laughs> well, sure. and Dan, 
Dan, the uh, the irony, of course, is all these these stories that are contained in Rugby League Rebel, MG's still making dollars off them because if you've ever seen the great man at a sporty, he just rolls them out. He knows yeah. the hits. He knows what people want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always knew he was a smart bloke. But, um, no, look, I, I'm really happy um, that what I was happiest about is that people, um, a lot of particularly young people from the West could relate to Mark's book. Um, it was kind of like his talking or writing a book gave them a bit of a voice as well and heard that from um, you know people that, that I knew from the West and they, they loved it because... Um, yeah, and they could also relate to a lot of the places where Mark was talking about the different nightclubs of the time. I don't think they exist anymore, Mark. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't well, think what so. was it? Um, there was one one of your mates I thought should have sued you. Um, guy named is it Andrew McGregor? Um, yeah, he yeah, said yeah. Got smashed on only three years when you met Megan at Connections, and <laughs> he, think, um, <laughs> after you met Megan, he was blind after three schooners, and you had to put him in your car, and all you were hoping is you didn't walk out there to a mountain of vomit. <laughs> But, um, exactly. And that was the first night I met Merg. He was my plus one at the uh, 1986 um, presentation night. And that was, a, that was the night me and Merg's uh, met. So I owe it to him. Yeah. So when the lawyers were going through it, I, I was worried they were going to say, look, this guy McGregor, he might have a case here. You said he's got smashed on three schooners. But, <laughs> <laughs> I but mate, and, and so that's it. I mean, people can relate to that. Everyone's got a mate like Andrew and... Um, you know, the connections and, and the other places, it, it just resonated to a lot of people because they you, you could they could follow your story by following the places that they knew. So well, everybody knows, everyone knows what I've done since then, Dan. Tell us, tell our, our, our listeners exactly what you've been doing since uh, the book was written 26 years ago. You've been very active, I know, in a lot of sports around Sydney and, and, and what was your journey like since then? Yeah, so Mark, since, um, since then I, I worked... Um, at Channel 10 for, for a couple of years on um, Sports Tonight and uh, for the news. So I was lucky enough to get a reporting job there. I went from there to Fairfax, where I wrote for the Herald and the um, Sydney Morning Herald. I, um, I was uh, fortunate to be picked for um, the support staff for two Olympics, where I was the Australian yeah. team's editor for their newsletter. Um, I've written a, a, a heap of books, um, and, and again, mate, that's where I'm grateful to you because your agreeing to write the book put me on that path where I was able to then go on and do books with people like um, Glenn McGrath and the, the boxer Dean Waters, um, and yeah, and the latest one was on an old Kokoda veteran. He only turned 99 recently, called Reg oh. Chart. So, wow. um, us doing that, those books together, um, have well, that book together, sorry, has put me on a great path. And, and as I say, I'm really grateful that you gave me the shot because I know there were other people who would have loved to have written your book back then. And um, these days I, I work for um, Cricket New South Wales. We're on the media um, liaison officer for the Sydney Thunder. There we go. How good. He's a, and, and this bloke, honestly, he's a, the reason I, I agreed, I, and Dan was right, I had a few nibbles i think as dan said every second per every second footballer was writing a book back in the 80s and 90s and and we kind of <laughs> thought well that's how we're going to be different then and, and i met dan and um I'm, as i said he was one of the first journos to write a story about me and i liked him straight away it, it was different to other it was different to other journos because he wasn't he didn't ask you a question and give you the answer he would wait for you to you know most journos go these days oh Mate, um, so what do you reckon happened out there? You're a bit, you're a bit fiery. Like, yeah, they don't actually ask a question. Yeah, they give yeah, you a statement, their opinion. Yeah, but mm. you know, Dan would say, well, "What's what's your thoughts on the game?" And I'd tell him, and and I found him to be pleasant. I still 
find him to be a very pleasant man. He's a, he's a, he's a thoroughly decent man who um, everything he applies himself to and he, he excels in. I'm, I'm glad we can walk down memory lane together, Dan. It's been a terrific. It's, it's great to talk again. We, the great thing is, Mark, whenever I see you, um, it always feels like we're just picking up from our, um, our last conversation. Hey, Dan, before we let you go, and we really appreciate you shining a light on, on the original book. Did you, when you were writing this and when MG was telling you all these stories, did you envisage this post-football career for MG? Because Gus Gould certainly didn't. Gus Gould remarks that if that MG has had a, what is it now, 15-year career in radio, mm. more is one of the great mysteries of, of the footballing <laughs> media world. Did you see this on the cards for, for Mark? Hand on heart, yes. Uh, and Mark, I think you might remember when we were doing this, I said you've got a future in the media if you just keep being yeah. honest and being yourself and being you're authentic. The one put, so, you're the one who put the thought in my head, actually, because I, I remember Greg Pritchard, I was playing um, for the Western Reds over in uh, Samoa in a game and I was nearing the end of my career and he's, you know, he said, what are you going to do a post-career? I said, well, I'm going to be in the media. He said, mate, everyone wants to be in the media. <laughs> I said, well, 1%, 1% are. I said, well, I'm going to be in it. Oh, that's all, that's, yeah. I've, got my, I've got my mind set on it. Mate, you did it, and, and you've done very well, mate. I've been proud to see your evolution. And look, the, the, before, um, before we finish, just the, the, there was two lines in the book in the preface of um, Rugby League Rebel, and, and I'm really happy for it because it kind of ended after all this, a bit of controversy, and it just said, Mark Geyer is now the only man who can write the postscript that he hopes for, that from 1995 he lived happily ever after. And, mate, I think you have. Oh, wow. Oh, well, goosebumps. We almost got a tear in my eye, brother. <laughs> uh, you've done well, mate. Really proud of you, Mark, and um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Can't wait, Dan. Love you, buddy. Next time on Rugby League Rebel Part 2. I don't know why there's an American accent to it. No, either. <laughs> on the next episode of Rugby League Rebel Part 2, we go west. We pick up where your playing career left off. You'd sign this deal to become the face of the Western Reds. And we travel across the Nullarbor with you from Penrith to Perth to explore life as a Western Red for Mark Guy. Put your seatbelts on. Here we go. (laughs) Rugby League Rebel Part 2, the Mark Guy story, drops every Wednesday, 6am on the Listener app, live and exclusive.